Hello and welcome to MindQuest. I am your host, Miguel Morales, and this is Mission Control Center. Hello and welcome one more week to Mission Control Center, your one-stop shop for IT careers and recruitment advice. This week we chat with Tom Badal, machine learning engineer at London-based data ops startup Synthesized. Tom discusses pursuing a career in data science and the challenges of working with data. Make sure to visit mindquest.io slash blog for the full interview. There you will also find a new job description. This time around, we look at the role of the Android developer. But without further delay, let's welcome Don. Welcome, Don. Thank you so much for chatting with us and sharing your story with our community. How did you get started in tech? What made you go for data science and machine learning in particular? Since school, I have an engineering mentality. I've always had like this problem-solve way of, of thinking. And yeah, it's been always like that. I've always enjoyed math. I've always enjoyed solving problems. And yeah, in university, I started telecommunications engineering, where I specialized in audiovisual systems. It's processing of audio, images, video, all audiovisual systems from a tech way. I started researching about machine learning, AI, data science. I started discovering this super interesting world. And after that, I was sure that I wanted to do that. So yeah, I went for my master's in AI. And that's how I discovered this very, very interesting and challenging world. What did you find to be the most challenging part of this process of learning data science and becoming a machine learning engineer? I think when I was when I started studying university, it was not a clear path yet. 18, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you couldn't see the path of data scientists from the start. It's like data science and AI, it's in between computer science and maths. I think my career, it's been more closer to computer science and math, but I think the challenge is that you have to know the most and from both of them but at the same time, combine them as good as possible. So I think it's been quite challenging to be able to unify both worlds. What's the best career advice you have ever been given? I've realized that when I was starting looking for jobs and I was seeking for a career, I was kind of looking for anything and it felt like I was the only one selling myself to the company. But at some point you realize that the company has to be also interested in the person who's applying. When I started looking for jobs, I didn't care that much about that. But after a while, I realized that it's really important to feel confident and be in a good environment. It's crucial for your career development. So I would recommend everyone to not just get the first job. Yeah, be very selective about what do you want and what do you seek into a company? What are you looking in the company? Also, the people who interview you, you have to look at them and you have to understand. You have to ask as many questions as you can about the company. It's not only about selling yourself, but also understanding the company and making sure that that step that you're going to take is the best one for you because that's going to influence the rest of your career. And what's your advice for those who want to learn data science? I think that if you want to learn something, the best way to learn it is just get hands-on, find a project that you're interested. There's a lot of open source projects that they require some help. Right now in Synthesize, we're going to open source some fairness package. So if you're interested in that, you can collaborate in many, many different projects. But yeah, in, in, in general, I think the best way to learn computer science or AI and data science is to just get a project, get a data set, get a cargo competition, for example, and try to solve it and try to get as better as you can to the top of the ranking in, if it's a cargo competition. What are the biggest issues of working with data these days? First of all, it would be that they have like a poor signal-to-noise ratio. So the large amount of data that you can find nowadays is huge. So companies can gather great amount of data, but 
the volume many times it contains a lot of noise and if you are not careful you're just gonna end up with yeah, just a lot of noise that it's useless. The second big issue that I think is really, really important is compliance, GDPR and HIPAA, etc. Currently, if you have data that it's not privacy compliant or that it's discriminative against some groups, that's going to be not only useless, but it's going to be illegal if you use it. So you need to go through compliance teams. You need to spend time with the legal teams to make sure that you make the proper use of your data. And that's a big problem with the data nowadays. Data sets are becoming data silos because very specialist people are needed to access the data. People who actually does the magic with the data every day is very, it's more complex to get access to the data because you need the knowledge of a data engineer or a, or a test engineer to access to the data. How is synthesized helping to solve these problems? Synthesize has a core engine that is able to solve these problems by enabling the user to access these data products in many different ways. So, for example, let's mention the problems that I was mentioning before. One of the main problems is compliance and privacy. So the main engine that Synthesize has is able to generate data that is representative of the original data, but it's free from privacy and from even from biases. You can even generate data that it's free from biases. So that's how we use that engine to overcome these problems. And another problem is more related to infrastructure, to data silos. So current approaches are data warehouse or data lakes. They have some problems. Data lake has also another problem that I mentioned before, related to poor signal to noise data and ratio. There's a lot of there's a lot of data in there, but it's very difficult to use. But yeah, the infrastructure problem is also there because the data is very centralized. You need very specific access to get there. You need a data engineer team to get to the data. So it becomes a silo because it's very difficult for a data scientist or a machine learning engineer to access the data and work with it. So what we're working on is on a new infrastructure that it's called Data Mesh. That what it aims to do is it tries to decentralize the data access. It tries to decentralize all these data products so that each team can access the data independently in its data products. Internal collaboration, but also external collaboration becomes much, much simpler with this new infrastructure and this new methodology. Can you tell us a bit more about your role within the company? I'm very lucky to be a very early employee of the company. I joined in the in very early stage. And this meant that although my official role is machine learning engineer, I've been able to touch everything. But yeah, I would say my main role as a machine learning engineer is making sure that the core technology is as good as possible. But that also involves a lot of kind of what a pre-sales role would do. So going to the clients, asking for their requirements, and even like making sure that the product is as good and as tailored as possible to their requirements, but also improving the product so that it has the needs of the client and it has the needs of the market. And yeah, there's also even some marketing work that we need to do as celebrate relationships. We need to push into that direction because we're a small company with a very new technology. And we need to make sure that we sell bottom up, not top bottom. It needs to be us, the machine learning engineers and, and, and the nerds who sell to other developers, not the marketing guys, because then the message doesn't get through that easily. What's next for data? Where do you see data science in, let's say, five years from now? I think right now we're in a very crucial moment for data because privacy problems, fairness problems, the users are more aware of this. 
So we have to make sure that we have the best practices, that we make the best we can with data, but still respect our users and make sure that they have their needs. So it's going to be a very challenging moment because we can go to a very nice place where we can solve all these problems. But at the same time, it's some companies, if they don't get updated and they don't use the state-of-the-art technologies, they may not be able to extract all the profits from the data. Thinking of more exciting things in synthesize, we mainly work in with structured data, but I think it's worth mentioning on structured data if you look what's happening with OpenAI and GPT-3 or other generative models, what they do is, is amazing. It's, it's a very exciting time. It's very, very exciting things to see right now. I'm very, very excited to see what's the next new thing. You've been based in London for a while. What do you like the most about the London tech scene? Yeah, I think what I like most is that there's a lot of people working on the same topics and you can very easily meet some people doing really interesting things. And that's one of the most powerful things when you are doing some research or when you're trying to improve your product. Just talking to people, understanding their problems, and just having a, a conversation about something that probably you don't even understand and you don't even know, but just discussing some new tech trends with some other company that would really help you understand and go out of your usual boundaries. London is great for that because there are a lot of meetups well, there were before, before Corona happened. But yeah, you can talk to a lot of people, you can meet a lot of people, you can understand a lot of people. So there's this big ecosystem there where a lot of things are happening and there's so much to learn. And I'm really happy to, to be living there. Thank you, Tan. Best of luck and speak to you soon. And now, this is what happened in technology this week. Microsoft has announced the imminent release of Windows 11. While the company had once hinted at the possibility of Windows 10 being the last iteration of its operating system, it believes the updated functionalities and revamped UI weren't a new version name. Windows 11, which will be available this holiday season, comes with several quality-of-life improvements and increased speed. But the most surprising new feature is that the OS will be able to run Android apps in a seemingly native manner. Users will be able to download them from, get this, the Amazon App Store. The company is also introducing a new space for web widgets that will effectively replace the live tiles in the start menu and provide users with AI-curated content. And moving on to other news, GitLab 14 comes with a host of updates aimed at pushing the platform towards a more integrated approach to DevOps that does away with do-it-yourself toolchains. According to the company, the do-it-yourself DevOps toolchains used today by many DevOps teams are not designed to work together helping perpetuate silos and exacerbating visibility and maintenance problems. The new version of the platform adds advanced DevOps capabilities that will let developers work with greater speed and increased visibility between teams. An improved AI will also make it easier for developers to navigate projects and features. Finally, a Rembrandt painting, The Night Watch, has been restored using machine learning. The sight of a painting had been missing since it was cut to fit in between two doors back in 1715. To do so, scientists at the Rijks Museum in Amsterdam used a painted copy of the original painting on display at London's National Gallery. The missing pieces, which include three new figures on the left-hand side and improve the whole painting's composition, were created pixel-by-pixel pixel emulating Rembrandt style. They were then printed and added on the sides of the original painting so that the museum's visitors can get the whole picture. And that's all for this week. Make sure to follow us on social media, we're on LinkedIn at MindQuest Talent, and on Twitter at MindQuesting. Thank you for listening, and until next time.
Thank <laughs> you.